This is one of my favorite pieces of bed music. Damn, I love this. I really do love this. <laughs> Have I said I love it yet? It's used from the heart, the free edition. For those of you who can afford three pennies a day, which I think is everyone pretty much, please join me over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Spencer Hughes for three pennies a day. You get a podcast every day. We are now heard. I want to make sure this hasn't changed since the last time I checked a few days ago. Let me just double check here. I'm always fascinated by people uh, and where they listen from. We are heard in 45 countries right now. We are in 700, we're up to 770 cities. Top five countries, US, Germany, France, Canada, United Kingdom. Top cities, Frankfurt, Germany, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Novato, California, Columbus, Ohio, San Francisco, California. Heard all over Western Washington, where I happen to live from Olympia to Seattle to Shelton, down to Portland, Oregon, up to Anchorage, Alaska. Over to where our son Chibongo lives in Manhattan. Whistler, British Columbia, Loveland, Colorado. Mansfield, Massachusetts, Phoenix, Arizona, Bangor, Maine, Buffalo, New York, goes on and on and on. We're heard in Puerto Rico, Ukraine, Nicaragua, Vietnam, Argentina, Romania, Poland, Bermuda. I wonder if my message gets lost in Bermuda. Get it because of the Bermuda? <laughs> uh, never mind. Mexico, Russia, Sweden. Thanks to all the listeners of Hughes from the Heart. If you'd like to support the podcast, why don't you? Nobody's stopping you. Go to HughesFromTheHeart.com slash support. I heard one of the most amazing things I'd ever heard the other day. It was a Terrence McKenna YouTube video. I'm a big, big fan of Terrence McKenna. And I wish I hadn't been so close-minded. I was so close-minded, not even narrow-minded, just close-minded back when I could have actually enjoyed the lectures of Terrence McKenna. He lived in San Francisco and in Northern California and... I could have gone to hear some of his lectures, but I was so close-minded. I wouldn't have even, he wouldn't have even been on my radar. He's a big um, student and, or was, I should say, he passed away several years ago of psychedelics and psychedelic research and particularly psilocybin mushrooms. And I hope that doesn't jade you regarding Terrence McKenna because he's a great mind and you ought to look into his lectures. Luckily, there are hundreds on YouTube that you can find right now. He was talking about the Memory Palace. And I had never heard of this before. At least I don't remember. And it has to do with a way that uh, is a method that's been used since at least the time of the ancient Greeks to help better encode memories into our brains so that we could retrieve them more easily. Now, I can remember sometimes things that happened when I was a little kid, and I don't remember things that happened last week. I have a greater chance of recalling, I think, a childhood friend's phone number, talked about that on a recent show, from like second grade. I, re I still have those numbers in my head. I won't recite them because I, th I, th I think that 
the parents still live at these houses with these phone numbers. So I don't want you to call, but I know them in my head. I see them in my head. Numbers that I first started calling in the 1970s. Long before we programmed numbers into our cell phones and told Siri or Alexa who to call. And then we all got digital amnesia over the last several years because we put so much into our electronic devices, we don't need to remember anything anymore. I mean, seriously, from to-do lists and shopping lists, phone numbers, anniversaries, birthdays, everything. Put it all, dump it all into your phone. There's no need for your brain. Your brain says, ah, I can relax now. I can focus on that stupid cat video on YouTube now that you've seen 800 times. I'll focus on that. And I don't need to remember your best friend's phone number. Perfect. I don't know my best friend's phone number by heart. Now, to be honest, if I studied it, I probably could memorize it. It's not that I can't memorize it, but I don't really feel the need to because I just say, hey, call Dave. Call Dave. And it calls Dave. Just like that. Isn't that great? Or I could put in the number each time manually, but why do that when I could just say, call Dave? Well, I feel like talking to Dave today, so let's talk to Dave. And then his phone rings, and he'll call me. And I would bet $100 right now that Dave does not physically, manually put in my phone number into his phone, his home number, uh, his home phone or his cellular phone. I really, really doubt that Dave knows my number by heart. So anyway, Terrence McKenna was talking about memory, and I'm always fascinated by the brain, of course, and the mind and the way it works and the way it doesn't work. And memory has always been memory and dreams and sleeping. They've always been areas of fascination for me. And Joshua Fower has a quote here. When information goes in one ear and out the other, it's often because it doesn't have anything to stick to. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. That's a quote from the book Moonwalking with Einstein. And it recounts Joshua Fower's journey investigating memory. And... The memory palace is something that comes up, and it's a device that's been used since the time of the ancient Greeks. I had never heard of this before, but I was fascinated when I heard Terrence McKenna. I, I, he has me. He could read from the phone book, and I would listen to Terrence McKenna. So this was long, of course, before smart devices. And if you wanted information at your fingertips, you had to put that information in your head. I mean, think about how our ancestors had to do it. You either remembered it or you didn't. And this is very elaborative encoding. The general idea with most memory techniques is to change whatever boring thing is being inputted into your memory into something that is so colorful and so exciting and so different from anything you've seen before that you can't possibly forget it. And the memory palace technique is about changing your memories into images placed in a familiar mental location. And the idea is that you can mentally walk through your palace looking at your memories in order to recall them. They can be big or small, indoors or outdoors, real or imaginary, as long as there's some semblance of order that links one locus to the next, and so long as they are intimately familiar. So the idea is to give your memory something to hang on to. We're terrible at remembering things, most of us, especially when these memories are just loose in our heads floating around. But our spatial memory is actually pretty good. And when we give our memory some needed structure, we provide that missing order and context. Creating a multi-sensory experience in your head is the other part of the trick. 
Now, it's important to remember this image multisensorily. The more associative hooks a new piece of information has, the more securely it gets embedded into the network of things you already know, and the more likely it's going to stay in your memory. And try to animate your image so that you can watch it move. Try to think of what it might smell like, to feel like to the touch. Make it as visible, as po- vivid as possible in your vision. So here's how the memory palace works, according to this piece that I found online, remembering more of everything, the memory palace. This is really, really incredible. And it's very, very simple when you think about it. So you pick a place, ideally a real place, a place that you know well. It could be your home, it could be your place of work, it could be your favorite museum that you've been to countless times. It could be any place, preferably a large place. You don't want to pick like a tiny little one-bedroom place because you want to be able to have space to move around in, as we'll tell you here in a minute. So let's say it's your, uh, in this example, it's your childhood home. Take a moment to conjure images and memories of that home Right now, we're going to stick to the outside of the house. Mentally walk to the front porch if it had one. Try to remember as many details as possible. So walk through the house. Look at the textures. Look at the wallpaper if it has any. Look at the color of the paint, the furniture that's around, every corner. You know probably your childhood home very well. But maybe... I don't know, you're older, you know, you might be 100 years old, you don't remember your childhood home, that's okay. Picture your current home, again, or your favorite museum, a place you go to that brings you comfort, that brings you tranquility, that brings you joy. It has to be a place that you can map out in your head quite easily. If somebody were to say, okay, if you walk, you know, you close your eyes and you walk 10 paces this way and go left, what are you going to run into? A wall, the kitchen, what are you going to run into? So here's what you're going to do. Let's imagine that your spouse has asked you to pick up a few steaks from the grocery store for dinner. Now, put the steaks exactly how they look in the grocery store on your front porch. Let's try to make the steaks into something more memorable. How about a cow sitting on the front porch? Not like a cow would, but like a person would. Let's make them chew in an exaggerated manner. Most cows do that anyway when they chew the cud. Let's say it's bubble gum instead of grass. Now the cow is periodically blowing gigantic bubbles so big that you're worried they might pop. Maybe think about what that bubble gum would smell like. The strange smell of a mixture of bubble gum and cow. How would the cow's skin feel? Oh man, this is getting vivid for me and I have my eyes open. What would it feel like to have to pick bubble gum off of the cow's face? Four hours from now, when you leave work to head home, you'll remember you had to pick something up from the grocery store. When you take a trip to your memory palace, walk up the driveway and gaze at the front porch. What do you think you are more likely to remember? The packaged steaks that you see all the time or the gum-chewing cow that you created in your memory? A professional memory athlete will put objects in multiple places within their palaces and have more than one palace in their repertoire. Some will even design their own fictional palaces in great detail, designed specifically as a place to hang memories. Now, this is harder for some people maybe to kind of conjure a place from scratch. So usually people stick to places that they know very well. 
again, a place that if you were blindfolded, you know, in, in my current home, my current place of work, I think if I were blindfolded, I could pretty much make my way around just feeling around. I would know where I was going. And the memory palace is a great way to recall a variety of things. So you say to yourself, okay, in this corner of the room on this nightstand, I'm placing the memory of my first girlfriend, my first boyfriend, let's say. And you picture, maybe you're hanging a picture of them right over there in that corner of the room above the nightstand or something. And then when you go through, walking through this place in your mind, that's where that is located. That's where that image is. It's pretty incredible. And this was allegedly invented 2,500 years ago. So you just remember various places. You say, okay, the kitchen counter, this is where I'm going to place this memory. And then when you go through and walk through in your memory, in your mind's eye, rather, your memory palace, you'll have a much greater recall ability than you ever had before. And this is how these images can come to your senses. And using, again, those exaggerated images and humor can help out a lot. Like the cow chewing bubble gum on your front porch. You saw how that worked. You can keep doing that as many times as you want for as many things as you want. So you make visual representations for each of the things that you want to remember. And then you find a location in this place, preferably a real life, life, real life place. And you place it at the top of the stairs, let's say, or on the kitchen table, or on the bathroom sink, wherever you want to put it, hanging on the wall by the front entryway. And this can help you recall things much more easily. I'm fascinated by this. We're just kind of scratching the surface on this memory palace thing. And I encourage you to read up more on it. And you can research a lot online. There's a ton of stuff on memory palaces. Some of the things we talk about here on Hughes from the Heart, we talk about health and wellness. We talk about mindset, the importance of mindset and how mindset is everything. You live in your mind after all. That's right. Every waking second that you are alive, you're living in your mind. There's no out there. It's all in here. And once you realize that when you mold the in here, it affects what is out there, you take much greater care of what goes on in here. I, I promise you, you'll take much better care of what goes on in your mind when you realize that it affects everything and the so-called outside world. We create our reality. See, we were kind of brainwashed into believing that this God on a cloud, this old man with a beard, was directing everything and creating everything. But the reality is we're the creators. We are the creators. And that's why so many people who rely on God to create are grossly disappointed. Now, it's not about whether you believe in a creator or not. That's not it. It's about giving yourself credit for being a co-creator at the very least or an outright creator in this experience we call life. You create everything that happens to you. You create it in one way or another. You are the shaper of these things. And that's one of the themes we talk about here on Hughes from the Heart. Again, this is the free version. If you liked what you heard here in these free 15 or 16 minutes, please consider 
paying a dollar a month. Some months the podcast barely stays afloat, honestly. And I do this primarily because it's my passion to do it. But it'd be nice to uh, be able to, you know, pay the internet bills with it and pay some other bills with it to keep the podcast going. So please support it any way you can. I have a Venmo at Radio Spencer. There's ways to support the podcast at HughesFromTheHeart.com slash support and through my Patreon at Patreon.com slash Spencer Hughes. I hope to see your support today. And at the very least, listen to all the free episodes at HughesFromTheHeart.com. That helps. The more listens, the better. Again, 45 countries and almost 800 cities around the world. That's not bad. So keep it coming. Thank you very much. Tell a friend, family member, colleague, or cohort to listen to Hughes from the Heart. And another way you can support the podcast to help the algorithms, and I don't understand how they work, but they work, and they often feed off of four- and five-star reviews, whether it's for a restaurant, whether it's a book you just read on Amazon. That's why those reviews are always pushed by the authors and by the restaurateurs and whoever's you know running the business. They want you to leave a review. If you do nothing else, even if you don't buy anything from the store, Give a review of your experience at the store, and if it's a good one, it helps elevate their presence on the search engines. I don't know how it works, but I know that the more four- or five-star reviews a restaurant, a book, or product a business has, the more likely it is to become visible in the search engine. So help us out at the very least. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. It'll take two minutes of your time. HughesFromTheHeart.com slash reviews. We'll do this again very, very soon. Please feel free to share this podcast and its message and Talk about the Memory Palace with your friends and family. I bet most of them have never heard of it, even though it goes back thousands of years. Much love to all of you.